0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the You Are Born for this podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I am the executive director at Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. And I'm here with my dear sister, my partner on mission, Mary Guilfoyle. How are you doing, Mary?
1: Hi, Padre. I'm good. And you?
0: I'm all right, except for the fact that summer has arrived (laughs) in Detroit (laughs) and our studio, which we love, has no air conditioning. And this is about the time when I want to call the guy who said... Hey, I think priests should wear black.
1: <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I'm not so sure that was a great
0: idea right now. So. We're on the
1: third floor in a small room, and we turned off our fan, so we're really, and we're and really remember, sweating.
0: Right, heat <laughs> rises. So uh, this will be a really short podcast. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. You were born for this. No, we actually got a great topic. What is the topic, Mary? We
1: do. So today we want to unpack um, the question, how do we know it's the Holy Spirit Ooh, guiding us? Okay, so
0: this is kind of part two to It last is. Week.
1: It's in response to some questions that folks uh, reached out to us with, and I think it's going to be a great conversation, Father John.
0: Great. Well, let's pray. pray huh? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, Father, we just ask that you continue to send your Holy Spirit upon us. We celebrated the great feast of Pentecost yesterday. Lord, help us to linger uh, with all that we celebrated. Help us to know that Pentecost isn't just a day, it's a reality. That the Spirit has been poured out upon us, that he lives within us, that he's in us like heat is in hot water, which is to say everywhere. And give us the courage to surrender the wheel of our lives, our diocese, our parishes to him, and help us to hear and recognize his voice so we may do what it is that you're asking us to do, so as to accomplish your will, which is to get your world back. We ask all this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen, amen.
0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so you mentioned we got uh, we got a lot of feedback.
1: We did. It generated a lot of discussion um, from, from y'all who were listening, and then just even among ourselves, right?
0: Yeah, because, you know, the whole gist last week was, uh, just to remind folks, the episode was all centered on, you know, how comfortable would we be in a first century church, right. you know, or maybe we could say, do we really want a new Pentecost? And so we got a lot of questions asking us something along the lines of how do you know that it's the Holy Spirit who's guiding you or who's speaking?
1: To it's you? Such, and it's such a great question. And so we want to go a little bit deeper with discernment today. Yeah. And
0: interestingly, at least I thought, most of the questions, mm-hmm. they came from priests. In fact, from the moment that we've started talking about our work, we continually get priests and parish and diocesan leaders ask us questions, which are some variation on the theme of how do you know it's God's voice or how do you know that he's speaking to you? So, you know, I don't want to, last thing I want to do is give the impression of attacking somebody, but the image that comes to mind is um, Jesus and Nicodemus and John 3 when, uh, Nicodemus is asking him questions, and Jesus looks at him and says, <laughs> "Like you're a teacher of Israel, and you don't know these things." Mm. And I love the way that's shown in the chosen because it's so too. clear. It's not a condemnation, I, right? He
1: says it with such compassion, yeah. right.
0: and he he mm-hmm. says a lot more things than that to me. Trust mm-hmm. me, um, but it it is a reality that I think you know. Many people in the church, I, I can say this for myself. You know, I was I was in the seminary thirty years ago, and most of us weren't trained to do, we could say it this way, what we read Sunday after Sunday and day after day in the New Testament, most especially in the Acts of the Apostles, namely to listen to, rely on the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's just like a, it's a theological reality that we the know some things person about. The third of the Trinity. Yeah, but right. we don't, we weren't trained to be attuned to his voice. Now, it might be totally different for some of the younger guys, but... I think for a lot of us, anyway, uh, that's not so commonplace. So, so maybe it's
1: not really so much strange. It, it, it really shouldn't be surprising. Yeah, right. So, so I think that makes sense. So maybe it would be helpful to try to organize um, our conversation today around making the distinction between um, discerning. The Holy Spirit, as regards you know pastoral discernment, and then that strategic discernment that bishops and their teams or pastors and their teams are engaged in. Yeah, I
0: actually love that distinction. So ministerial discernment and strategic discernment. So ministerial discernment, you know, to give an example, so maybe it's it's like take the scene in the in the uh, Acts of the Apostles, Peter and John they encounter a crippled man outside the beautiful great gate, and Peter looks at this man who can't move, and he says, "Look at us," and the man looks at him. Mm-hmm. And then he says, I don't have any money to give you, but what I have, I give, get up, and in the name of Jesus, walk, Walk. right? So, like, how did he know how to do that? Like, I got to believe John's looking at him at that point going, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, and then they, they, they went back home to the upper room or whatever, and they had to have a conversation. Like, what in the world prompted you to say that? And that's a great question. But we're going to leave that for another day. Right. It'd be great to do a, a talk on signs and wonders and healings and all that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, we but will. But we'll leave that for we another will. time. So that's kind of pastoral ministerial discernment. Strategic discernment, that's like real time, right? That's quick. It this is. This one's much more extended. This is like big time planning. And, and again, a biblical amp example would be like the, what we call the so-called Jerusalem Council, right? When the when the apostles and the other disciples are gathering in Jerusalem and they're trying to discern how do what do we need to do, what what, we, what do we need to ask of our Gentile brothers and sisters for them to come into communion Massive with Massive questions. Yeah, right? big-time questions. Massive question.
1: questions. And so, Father John, I think, but that being said, I still think it's worth mentioning here that if I'm going to be asked to help strategically discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I have little... Or no familiarity, or experience with discerning His voice in my own life, like how's that going to work?
0: Yeah, it's going to work poorly.
1: So, <laughs> no, so it's be, a great question because, and, because, because no, no, no I Because hear you. I think that's something that that we've experienced in our lives, sure. in, in our own journeys with the Lord Jesus, and in just pouring into some leaders. I mean, that's the question. Right. Um, that's actually a statement that's been made by brothers and sisters. Like, I don't know that I've ever heard God speak to me.
0: Sure. And, and, and maybe for our purposes right now, um, we might simply say this. So Jesus says in the Gospels that my sheep hear my voice. And so if we are one of the many people out there who are listening and we're like, I don't know that I've ever really heard him, then I would just encourage you like, you know, you get the ball in your hands, throw it at the Lord and go, Lord, I'm just asking you to do what you promised. Mm-hmm. Like, help me to hear you and help me to hear the Holy Spirit because Jesus doesn't lie. So if he said his sheep, hear his voice. That's right. He, he does. So don't feel beat up by that. Don't feel nope. like you're less than. Don't feel like this is an attack. Don't let the enemy have, a, uh, have his way with you here. Uh, it, just rather say, Lord, you promised this. Uh, I don't hear well. That's
1: right. Help me to hear. I'm right? asking you to be faithful to your promises. Amen. So
0: having said right. that, so Scripture encourages us to test everything, right? This is uh, St. Paul to the church in Thessalonica. Test everything and hold on to, hold fast to to what is good. So what can we imply from that? Yeah,
1: so that implies that, like, not everything we hear from the Lord is actually from the Lord, it could be what I ate last night, or it could be a lack of a good night's sleep, or it could be, you know, my own voice or my own desires. And so we just want to make sure that we don't assume that what we're hearing is God. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, just to clarify, so not everything that comes into my mind, not everything I quote unquote hear, hear, not every idea I get or inspiration I get is from God. Scripture tells me, test everything. Okay, so good, test But then once you've tested it, well, then
1: hold on to what's good. So So that begs the question, Father John, how do you test it?
0: I have no idea. No, actually, we do. Um, We have some, there's some simple rules for discernment, right? So one would be, is what I'm quote unquote hearing. So we got to be clear here that, you know, nobody has a pipeline to God. Nope, nobody infallibly hears God all the time. If you think you do, you're wrong. (laughs) You know, like you're just not. I mean, we we get inspirations and we're often saying things to people, you know, like, I don't know if this is me or if this is God, but this is what I'm sensing, right. right? Or hearing or whatever. So the first thing I think you can do to test is, is what I'm hearing, feeling, sensing, being inspired to either to do or to say, is it in accord with scripture? That's okay.
1: excellent.
0: And if it's not, it's not That's of God. Right, right. End of story. Don't right. need to discern that anything is, further.
1: That is the litmus test. And I think then on the heels of that is is what I'm hearing in line with the teaching of the church. And by right. that we mean like, like we need to know the catechism or at least have one handy to go looking for some sort of confirmation. Right.
0: So everybody else has to be in grace when they receive communion. But I don't think I do hmm, wrong. Right, right. <laughs> like, That's how not do you funny. know that? Because the church <laughs> right. says the something say, else, right? right so right. you're wrong. I'm wrong. The, you know, the, the teaching of the church is there, right? And then I think a third thing for me is, does this help me grow in charity? So if I get an inspiration in my head that says, I should take the first step and reach out to so-and-so to repent
1: mm-hmm. and
0: say, I'm really sorry. Will you forgive me? that's probably yeah. of God, right? Because right. it's certainly right. not of my flesh right. and the devil's not going to lead me to right. repent. So it's helping me right. grow in charity. So Absolutely. those are those are three simple tests. Is it in accord with scripture? Is it in line with what the church teaches? And is this going to help me grow in charity?
1: Right. So um, that's also helpful. But I, I would argue that even beyond those tests, those are all crucial, we're still going to need some help in discerning the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's and, not enough. And, and, and in my mind, I, I think... Um, we need to grow, hopefully, in an awareness of how does God speak in my life, because He speaks to all of us very, very differently. And we were in Memphis with um, a set of beautiful disciples a set of years ago, and we actually ended up having this incredible discussion around this very topic. Father John, do you remember?
0: Yeah, that was one of the, our hosts just asked the question. I think really for the sake of his daughter, uh, who was present in the room at the time. How do you all hear God speak? such a great question. And we got done. So we spent, I don't know, like an hour talking. And by the time we were done, I think he asked again, like, how many of you have ever talked about this? And I think everybody acknowledged, I don't think I've ever talked yeah. about this.
1: How helpful for that young woman to hear yeah. all of us just go around the, you know, around the table weighing in on, well, the Lord speaks to me, you know, in his word, or the Lord speaks to me in scripture, or or, I mean, music or creation, all those ways. I get inspirations.
0: I get ideas. I get get ideas when I'm working out. I get ideas in the shower. You know, like people are like, really? Like you get ideas in the shower? You went shampoo
1: when you're here when you heard that from the Lord?
0: Yeah. You know, like um, I get ideas through um, conversations with people, you know, like, so God speaks to each of us in a multitude of different ways. And uh, Bishop Flores, who uh, used mm. to be here in Detroit, just a great man. He was giving a talk on discernment one time to to young people, and they didn't get his imagery, I don't think, because they were too young. But the way, what he was saying was God is not like one of those old televisions where you had to move the antennas around and hope you stumbled on the right frequency and then didn't move.
1: Right, so you can actually see the station that you were trying to dial exactly. into. Right. Yeah, like
0: God made us. He knows how unique we all are, and he knows how to communicate with each one of us. So all we have to do is give him time. And then hopefully as we hear one another describe how he speaks to us, the, the beauty of having a conversation like we had at uh, our brother's house, it validates for people, oh, oh my I thought gosh. it was odd. Yeah. Like I I didn't think that was normal, or I didn't know that was God. And now hearing that's how God talks to you, well, that's how he talks to me too, or no, I experienced him this yeah. way. So it's very valuable to have that that kind of awareness of how he speaks in our life, right?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, um, absolutely. And I want to go back to something um, that we said earlier. You know, we, um, for, for some of us, uh, we, we hear God in his word. And oftentimes when we're in his word, it's not, you know, it's not because we studied or took a class on sacred scriptures, because we're praying mm-hmm. with the word of God, which brings me to that key point. Uh, if we have a habit of prayer, a daily habit of prayer, um, hopefully we're carving out enough time to listen to his voice. And that requires, I mean, it just requires time and silence just to sit in his. There, there's, a, there's a book title out there that um, we were talking about the other day. There's power in silence. Mm. The power of silence. That's where right. we hear the Lord.
0: So maybe let's put a finer point on that. Okay. We're only going to hear him more than likely if we have a daily habit of carving out time to pray. Having a significant part of that prayer be us listening. The, the the reason to be silent is not to do nothing. The reason to be silent is Just to, to wait listen. for him to speak. Right. I can't hear you if I'm right. talking, right? And then to let the word of God be the the nucleus, if you will, of what it is that God wants to begin right. to speak to us. So daily habit of prayer, silence, listening to His word. Huh? Right. I, I think too, you know, we we've got to have the right people around us, especially when we're talking about strategic discernment for decisions for a diocese or a parish, like you would be a fool to do things without uh, bouncing them off people who you know and who you That's trust. Right. This is why for us, one of the crucial, essential principles for transformation in the church is to have a healthy team and more than a team a family around you, because I need brothers and sisters with me uh, to discern what it is God's asking us to do, especially when we're talking on a strategic nature, right? Right.
1: So, so that implies you want disciples who have a regular habit of prayer yep. and know the Lord's voice. And, and who
0: are voice. very comfortable with each other. They're able to uh, engage in some really healthy conflict. You know, right. people don't have egos and agendas, or at least they've checked them at the door. And we're, and we're convinced, like, we we all just want what God wants. We don't want our own, we don't want our name in lights, right? Right. And then I think there's a couple other things. I mean, there's a lot more things, but a couple other things that come to mind is a real willingness right now to just let Jesus take the wheel or to let the Holy Spirit take, take the con- wheel. Take you know? control. Yeah, right? I mean, like, I got God in my car, but for a lot of us, he's in the trunk or he's mm-hmm. in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus is saying, hey, that's nice. Thanks for letting me in. I want you to slide over. I'll take the mm-hmm. wheel. I'll drive. Uh, I know where I'm going. You don't. And it takes a lot of courage. Ooh, it takes a boatload of courage, right?
1: And not being afraid to to fail, you know when we do, yeah, let him take control. Absolutely, right?
0: because this is how you discern. You 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 know, like nobody's foolproof in all of this. Sometimes you you discern things and um, they they don't turn out. Part of the discernment is the Lord saying, "No, I wanted you to trust me in that, but that wasn't the direction that I wanted right. you to go." I mean, so again, nobody's got a pipeline here. Even after all these things, no one's got a pipeline. But we want to have a willingness to risk.
1: That's right, and the Holy Spirit will block a pathway. We hear that in Scripture all the time. The Spirit kept me from going to, right, wherever, yep. right, and That's so right. It, and so it is in our own lives. And if the truth be told, we're using discernment all day, every day, in every decision mm. that we make. <laughs> Great point, right? I mean, uh, we just we we discern our vocations. We have brainstorming sessions. We we press into polls and surveys and all of those things. And so it shouldn't be any different when it comes to how it is we engage in mission.
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I I love that. That is so true, right? So every decision we're making, hopefully anyway, is discerned somehow. Right. Maybe it was, uh, you know, a a survey we did of the parish or a survey of the leadership team or a survey of the staff or whatever. So we're already using some criteria. All we're saying here is, well, why don't we use prayer as our first criteria? And then after prayer, like robust passionate conversation conversation so as to discern more fully that prayer. So maybe we can give them an example.
1: Yeah. So um, How do we do this? So we had a situation come up about a year ago where we had a dear brother in the Lord who was engaged in uh, a beautiful mission. And he was inviting us to discern, like, like, would you be willing to partner with us in this? And we were in the conversation real time. And I think the Spirit just convicted us. You cannot possibly answer this question and discern this now without, without walking into the chapel and taking this before the throne of grace. Yeah, and
0: I think we had all entered in the call with, man, we yeah. love this guy and we love. This the is so doing. cool. I want to be a part of this. Yeah, and then as you say, like we're on the call and I'm as we're talking to him, I think oh. I just said out loud, we haven't prayed about this. That's Right. So can we can we call you back? Because so, like in real time, yep. We got to go pray.
1: And because he is a, a, a prayerful man, he said, I totally get that. Y'all go pray and I'll go pray. We'll jump on a call in 20 minutes and we're going to unpack what the Lord said.
0: Right. So we didn't take three weeks and fast. No. We just no. took 15 minutes, right? <laughs> right? So we went to the chapel, spent 15 right. minutes, you know, nobody put on sackcloth right. and, you know, and we just said, Lord, um, are you wanting us to do this? So we teed up a particular question that was key, mm-hmm. right? So you, you, you tee up a very specific question to discern. And the question was, Lord, are you asking us to do this? Is it yes? Is it no? Or is it not yet? So we, we spent time listening. Then we came back in the conference room. And what happened?
1: Uh, universally, I think we all heard the same thing. Um, the answer was not yet. Love the mission. Love our brother. But the Lord made it very clear for yeah. so many reasons. that it, w- it, it, it was a not now.
0: Right. So right? We, we, again, we went into the chapel. We came out of the chapel. We sat around a table and we started to go at it, and, and we, the question was simply, what "Would she hear?"
1: That's right. And 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 then we got back on the phone with our brother, and reported out. Now, now, now to be clear, that's a really quick example. Um, oftentimes, clarity doesn't come quite that quick.
0: Yeah, well, right, everybody's brother? not unanimous. Right,
1: right. And then you have to engage in that robust, passionate conversation so we can argue, as you would say, to clarity.
0: Right. And that's why, again, being a healthy team and more than a team of family, why it's so crucial. This is, you know, we talk often of our essential principles, they're an alloy, which means together they create something new. Here is a manifestation of that. What we're trying to do here is we're going into what we call the trailer, which is what we call our chapel. It's where we consult the architect, which is our third principle. We're convinced God has a plan. And we're willing to go wherever He leads us, so that we have that conviction that God's already got a plan. He's going to make it known to us. He never makes the whole thing known. He just makes step by step known. Right. But first, that's the third principle. God's the architect. He's right. already got a plan. But the first principle is I got to reacquire a biblical worldview. So I have to know like who's this God I'm talking that's right. to. That's why I got to know Scripture. That's right. Right. And then the second principle, it's not enough to be a staff. I have to bring the right people with me into, into the, the trailer. trailer, right? So that when we come out of prayer, then we can go at it and we can ask each other, like, what are you hearing from the Lord? And then you just argue to clarity.
1: And, you know, we, 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 we're we so convicted that these principles work. We see um, we see the, the, the diocese that we're working in even coming to us saying, oh, my gosh, like this is bearing fruit. Right. It works in family life. It works in schools. It works in
0: works in every situation. I, I love hearing people say, yeah, I got to go spend some time in the yeah. trailer.
1: Yeah, this God the architect thing, like it really works. Absolutely, because right. God
0: wants this more than we do. We got to be convinced right. of that. So right. here, here's the homework. This is, the, this is our suggestion for the week. Try to make this practical. If you're in a Paris setting, then pick a topic and tee it up and go pray, right? And bring your leadership team around you. If you're in a diocesan setting, Grab your leadership team. Maybe you run an office. Maybe you're the bishop. Tee it up. Let's go ask the Lord, Lord, what are you asking us to do? If you're a, a, a husband and wife with kids, you got a topic in front of you, like let's let's go into the trailer. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, what are you asking us to do right now? And then let's come out of prayer after being together in prayer before the Lord, ideally in the blessed sacrament, but God's everywhere, so it doesn't have to be there.
1: And then argue to clarity and see what He reveals. And you know what would be kind of fun? It would be kind of cool too. Um, when you try this, we would love to hear from y'all. Oh, yeah,
0: we want to hear results.
1: <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah, because we've had people, right? We, yes! were, we, were, we
0: were working with a, a diocese, and we did this exercise, and, and we got great feedback. I mean, like, people just heard a lot of things, but I love this one woman. She just had the courage to say she, she was overwhelmed in her ministry. She was running Crush. two huge offices in yep. several parishes, and she looked at us, and she says, I couldn't even find the trailer. And that's a proof of the fact that most of us are crushed by the work that we have. And th- this is, again, the, the uh, all the more reason that we say to people, you know what, we need to just kind of uh, stop thinking that the church is like a rowboat. And especially as leaders, we need to give people permission to just say, you know what, here's the thing I most need you to do today. Mm. I need you to go pray. Yeah. If I find you in the chapel... I'm thrilled. You
1: always used to say that at the parish, if you saw us before the Lord in prayer, you were not disappointed that we weren't in our office. You knew we were going before him. Yeah, you weren't slacking. You were asking the Lord to give us inspiration. So
0: again, God wants this more than we do because he wants his world back. And we are convinced of that. That's what Jesus becoming man and going to the cross and rising from the dead and ascending into heaven with his flesh and then pouring out his spirit is all about. And because that is true do not be afraid God is with you and you were born for this